Hello and welcome to episode 108 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans off-topic, on-topic, we have a topic every week, I don't really know how to describe it, podcast. I'm Mike Solosi, a monsoon on the RPGfan.com message boards, and today we are continuing an RPG fan retro encounter tradition, and t- podcasting all about Blizzard games and BlizzCon around that time of year when BlizzCon rolls around. And BlizzCon was last weekend. <laughs> That, okay, that chuckle you heard in the background <laughs> marks the triumphant return of Retro Encounter former host and current staff emeritus, Josh Curry. Yeah, you guys tried to get rid of me, but I just keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're the herpes of podcast hosts. I'm pretty sure that's a pretty good uh, description for me, too. You're welcome. Very itchy to have around. Mm-hmm. You're always so jolly, Josh. <laughs> uh, Josh... BlizzCon was last weekend. It was uh, Saturday and and Friday, the uh, 3rd and 4th, as I glance at my calendar on my computer. And uh, both you and I are big-time Blizzard fans, and we're following the action pretty closely. Like, uh, we, You had the virtual ticket this year? Yeah, I almost didn't get it this year. I'm starting to have an issue with the virtual ticket. We can talk about that later, but... I, I wanted the stupid Hots mount, and I wanted to watch... Uh, the two Heroes of the Storm panels that I knew would be appearing. So that that was my only uh, motivation for getting the virtual ticket. But so, I, I, I did get it, and I did, and I did watch a fair amount of the sort of exclusive content. <laughs> that's, and that's the problem with it is, um, so I, I still like it. I, I think the $40 for the amount of content there is fantastic. Like, there, there is enough panels, there's just enough going on. It's just all the side stuff that's kind of kind of frustrating. It's that they only save the uh, all the videos for a month, right? Yeah. Um, that uh, basically all the esports stuff, which is I, I, personally for me is like the main draw beyond just the announce, like the opening ceremony and a couple of the minor like main things for the different games. Yeah, all, the opening ceremony and all the esports stuff is free, and you don't need a virtual ticket for it. I think if you watch it on the on the BlizzCon virtual ticket website, there's fewer ads or something. Well, I didn't I, have any ads on the virtual ticket, so hopefully you didn't either. Yeah, I didn't. But uh, okay. I think I think if you, I think you I think if you watch it without the virtual ticket, there might be ads on Twitch. But, but I'm, I, I'm uh, like a Twitch Prime, so I don't. Oh get yeah, ads never on mind. Twitch yeah. Either. Hmm, that's weird. But See, yeah, that's so, where like it just it did. This one was a really hard one. So they, I a lot of what what drives me is I'm a completionist. Like everybody's always heard of the, these podcasts. And so the idea of getting a skin, which I know is as stupid as that is, um, this year they had like a, a golden uh, legendary card for Hearthstone. And right. I was like, ah, you know, if, if, if this is the only way to get the card, I'm going to be really pissed. Or they, in the past it's made it the only way you could get that golden. And then they gave out the regular card for everybody anyways. So it's just like, it, I don't know. It was, it was frustrating. I literally bought it the morning of BlizzCon. That's oh. how long it took. Yeah, like I waited till the last second to get the virtual ticket. Yeah, I had it a few I, weeks in advance. Because it just it, it forty dollars is buying a different game, basically, for argument's sake. Um, and and I do love these games. I do love the announcements. But then the the issue we have in living in the internet age is everybody's there's like the trailer hits Twitter like within ten seconds of it going up, and so yeah, you kind of see most of it. I don't know. 
And, and Blizzard did a pretty good job of having archives available on uh, Twitch and YouTube of the major announcements as they were happening. And the only value I video-wise I got out of that virtual ticket are the individual sort of sp um, specific panel videos. And there's only maybe seven or eight of those total, I think. Maybe, maybe more like ten. But I was only interested in watching any Heroes of the Storm or Diablo ones, and there weren't any Di there wasn't really any Diablo stuff this year. Yeah, poor Diablo. Yeah, but we can get to that in a little bit. But, uh, I mean, you, people that listen to the 2015 version of this podcast might remember that you got the virtual ticket, and I didn't that year. And I regretted it because they gave away Chogall um, on Heroes of the Storm <laughs> free, to yeah. free to virtual ticket holders, and I would have loved that. In general, like, I got my Diablo pad and my Hots mount, and uh, Hearthstone fans get their card back, and StarCraft fans get their SC2 portrait. And those are okay trinkets, but um, I, I felt like that maybe, maybe, and it's okay, it's definitely because I'm salty about the lack of Diablo news, but I felt that BlizzCon under-delivered a little bit on, uh, on virtual ticket content this year. But I am still happy, I, I was happy to be able to watch those uh, Heroes of the Storm videos whenever I wanted to. Yeah, and and that's kind of the it's the, it's the on demand feature, which is nice. But yeah, it it did seem kind of like I still thought it was a great BlizzCon. There was some stuff that I was very excited about. Yeah, the announcements that seemed... the announcements that we did get were good, but there's no Diablo and and, no, and nothing and nothing really earth shattering. I mean, you kind of remind. Now I'm trying to do dates in my head, which is terrible. Um, 2015 BlizzCon, you had um, the big Overwatch, Overwatch announcement. Yeah, we had we had right. Overwatch and Legion, and uh, probably oh. the most exciting Heroes of the Storm announcement because Chogall is way cooler than what we had last year or this year. Right, and then you had last year, which I think there was just a general excitement that it was number ten. Um, mm -hmm. And then you, yeah. I feel like this year you're at eleven. They're running out of some stuff. Diablo's on a super off year. Um, at least last year we got the Necromancer. This year they had nothing. But I think Necro the Necromancer, that was able to pave the way for this. Um, and I know we're going super out of the way, so I know I'm <laughs> killing your notes. Um, but I don't think we get... You assume um, I have notes for this episode. <laughs> I don't think we get classic WoW without that Necromancer. Or at least, like, I feel like that was part of the decision. Like, I, I know people have asked about it forever. Um, but I think you always get into this kind of... I, I, I call it Mirror's Edge Syndrome. Everybody wanted Mirror's Edge 2 so badly. And then nobody actually bought it when it came out. And uh, Blizzard fans are pretty good. They would have at least flocked to it a little bit. Um, but I, I think between that and how everybody responded to classic StarCraft um, being redone, I, I think that was enough to be like, yes, we keep getting these requests for classic WoW. Let's actually do this. Yeah. Um, I think um, Blizzard is always trying to find a way to make money or get extra gamer enthusiasm from their older content, which is why we got things like uh, the Nightmare of Fristrum and the Necromancer content for Diablo 3 last year, and uh, why StarCraft Remastered was a thing. And uh, Let's jump right into the StarCraft announcements right now, because I think that ties into this. Um, Blizzard just announced at a, a couple days ago at BlizzCon that Chapter 1 of StarCraft 2, uh, Wings, Wings of Liberty, Liberty. is now going to yeah. be free-to-play for anyone that uh, doesn't own it yet. And players that already own Wings of Liberty will get Chapter 2, Heart of the Swarm, for free. Yeah. But um, I, I don't think that goes to the third chapter. It's only for those first two. No. And I actually I started looking that up because you can usually catch Heart of the Swarm real cheap. Uh -huh. um, and, and I was like, ah, maybe I'll buy that real quick so I can get the third chapter. So all I have is Wings of Liberty. Oh, okay. Um, but that wasn't and... the case. 
it's just the case. Only if you have wings, you'll move on. Um, they're talking about maybe in the future doing like a special special portrait for people that already owned all the content. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's really nice. It's one of those things. StarCraft's such a big deal. Um, there, but there's a lot of nickel and diming with StarCraft too, of just different pockets that you could get in. So, giving Wings of Liberty, which is a very very solid game, like it's real good. Yeah, um, and, give it away and, for and free. We should, we should mention that um, the free parts are all of the single player for Wings of Liberty. All of the multiplayer for all three games, so you can just j- pop on and do multiplayer only for free. And um, a couple characters in Commander Mode are free, and the other ones are free up to level 5. I don't really know how Commander Mode works. Yeah, I never made it that far in Starved, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 think it's, I think it's like a special version of multiplayer that lets you give, that gives you special abilities depending on what commander you pick. I, I don't know that. Uh, I'm not that familiar with it either. But So, like... Um, but but parts of commander mode are, are are free for everybody now, which is I I don't I'm, I'm just that just that type of stuff makes me very happy. Um, as somebody that always desperately tries to get into StarCraft, and really I more or less just enjoy watching classic StarCraft like esports. I always want an excuse to go back into it, and it's one of those things. That I'm not even terrible at the game. It's just I always start over because you always feel like you need to to relearn things, and you get a couple missions, and you're like, all right, well that was great. That was a great weekend. And then you come back six, nine, 18 months later, and you have to do those same missions again because you <laughs> barely remember how to play. Um, I don't know. So <clears throat> I think this will be – I think this will actually get me to to reinstall it, try to beat Wings, get into Heart, um, and see how far I can go. And if, if, I, if I get that far that I'm actually into the second um, chapter and actually playing – I'm guessing that gets me to buy Legacy of the Void, um, which would be a success on their part. Like, they, they fully got me. They got my money. Yeah, I mean, that's really what this is. I, I think fig, um, Blizzard figured out we're not going to make any more money on people just buying uh, Wings of Liberty anymore, so we'll give that away for free to see if it gets more people involved in the StarCraft section of Battle.net. Well, and, maybe, and, and, maybe they'll, and maybe they'll buy the mission packs. Maybe they'll buy Heart of the Swarmer Legacy of the Void, which are, you know, because also Wings of Liberty was, what, like six years ago? Maybe seven years ago? It was seven. So, yeah, so like, this is a seven-year-old game. I got my collector's edition like three days before I got married. Oh, wow, okay. So, yeah, Blizzard's thinking, this is a seven-year-old game. We're not going to make a ton of money off new sales of it anymore. Let's give it away for free and have people try to, you know... Uh, build the StarCraft community a little bit more. And also, it, it goes. It uh, was worth mentioning that a year ago, or maybe a bit less than a year ago, the original version of StarCraft and Brood War are now available for free, if you um if you have a Blizzard account, and uh, and that was done right before the um, StarCraft Remastered came out. Yeah. So, okay, I, I I'm not disagreeing with your reasoning of what, why they're doing it. I have a slight different angle. I, okay. I feel like I feel like Blizzard's in a weird place right now. Um, obviously, doing gangbusters, they're, like, they're killing it. Like I'm not I'm not trying to say that they're not, um, but I feel like they're kind of two different companies. I feel like you have Overwatch, you have Heart of the, uh, you have Hots. I almost said Heart of the, whatever. Hmm. Um, you have Hots and you have Hearthstone. Um, the three loot three, box games. Yeah, three completely new. Like, you not new because I mean you have. Hots basically has all the old everything, and Hearthstone even is based off of that. But like, it's the new age of, of of Blizzard. And then I feel like you have Diablo, StarCraft, and World of Warcraft, which the companies 
built on. Completely, that's what was the company for the longest time. Um, Diablo, for all intents and purposes, at the moment is dead. I, I think the like that's acknowledgement by Blizzard of not even talking about it um, at BlizzCon. So, I mean, I, I, I fully expect that 4 comes around at some point, but it's not there. Um, StarCraft 2, as well as it did overall and did pretty well critically, it was not picked up like it, uh, StarCraft was. I mean, no. you look at like the Korea scene and whatnot, it's still playing original. Well, it's playing Brood War. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that part of the reason why they put out remastered was so that the Korean esports scene could have a game that looked more modern. That's <laughs> but, literally why they did it. Yeah, but um, but so, but frame by frame, it's the same as original StarCraft and Brood War, so it's it, it is usable for that. And then I feel like with WoW, um, and I, I love WoW. I mean, every time we have a vote here, I try to get us to vote for World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> but and I always get shot down. Thanks, guys. Um, but I. It's just one of those things. It's not what it used to be. I mean, you look at the the membership numbers. It's just it doesn't. Uh, it progressively gets lower as years go by, and each expansion you have less of a tick. Um, yeah, I think I, feel I, like... I remember the last time I looked at WoW numbers. I believe their subscription peaked during Wrath of the Lich King, which was the second expansion, which was which, is, which would have been like oh six oh seven. Yeah, because that's when I was playing. I, mm-hmm. I played Burning Crusade and I played uh, Lich King. That's back when I so, was yeah. playing. So, like, the first year of the of Lich King was the peak of WoW, and that was ten years ago. Um, and, yeah, so you just look at it, I feel like, and I'm not saying that they're not great ways of doing it, but you look at a lot of what they're doing with StarCraft, what they did with Diablo last year, um, the fantastic announcement, I think, of doing classic WoW, it, you're left with nostalgia that with on that area, and so you kind of look at it. A lot of those three tenants that were, like Blizzard was made off of, it's just we need to not pander, but we need to cater to nostalgia and have the people that remember playing these so many years ago, and hopefully get them back. Um, and then I feel like you look at all the exciting really interesting announcements, and it's tied to the new age of Blizzard. It's just kind of a it's weird. Um, and I feel like it even leads them in kind of an odd place during the like the announcement. It's just they're two very different companies now. I don't know. That's the least impression uh, I got. Maybe I don't know if I would say they're two different companies. They're they're a company that is sort of segmented into these different teams, and they they always have been divided into teams. Yeah. But um, the three new uh, Blizzard properties are, you know, they they act like more modern games. They're they're doing a they they get a lot of money from loot boxes. Um, the gateway to uh, to play is zero dollars for two of the three, and um, with with Overwatch being the uh, the different from Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm. In fairness, as much as I love Hearthstone, you need to spend money to be able to play that game. Sure, but I mean you can download it and and play a game of Hearthstone while spending zero dollars. That's and true. And get absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> but uh, and, and but but you're right. Like the three original pillars of Blizzard, or you know the pillars of Blizzard by the time it was four or five years old as a company, are StarCraft, Warcraft, and Diablo, and they have uh, struggled to make as much money as the as these other three have since the WoW numbers started declining. Because uh, I mean, we talk about Blizzard monetization every single BlizzCon episode we do. But, uh, I mean, Diablo's still figuring out how to make money without putting out a new expansion, and uh, uh, the Necromancer DLC was experimenting like that. StarCraft II wants to 
continue find new ways to stay relevant, and they've been doing that with these packs and with uh, StarCraft II Remastered, and now they made the first chapter free to play. It's Blizzard's in an unusual place right now, but they still have a lot of players. A lot, they're, I'm sure they're doing well monetarily, although I don't know, I don't have any real numbers about that. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure they have some interesting future plans cooking, but we only saw a little bit of those uh, at this BlizzCon. So we've already talked about um, StarCraft. Do you want to just jump right into Hearthstone? Because I know that's the one you're the most excited to talk I, about. I know you just want to get out of the way. So no, no, no. Well, we're going to do all of them. <laughs> and literally, Hearthstone is just the one that's uh, first alphabetically, other than Diablo, which maybe isn't worth talking about. <laughs> that's not even true. What, what are you talking about? Heroes of the Storm. H-E-R versus H-E-A. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> okay, my bad. It's, it's, it's Sunday. Cool. It's been nah, a long day. I, I believe you. <laughs> but, um... Heroes, H-E-A-R. And then I was like, oh, come for T. That, that's how you spell, right? Well... Uh, yeah, so, so, so Hearthstone. Um, they announced I, uh, a, new, a, a new expansion and a new gameplay mode, am I mistaken? Yeah, it's going to be 130-some characters for the new expansion. Um, so I think last year, um, I'm trying to remember, but last year's uh, BlizzCon, I was kind of like naysaying Hearthstone. Um, it was one of those things, like, I still love the game, but they were moving into mechanics that were more RNG-based and took a lot of the skill out of it, um, which I still stand by that with what I said with that expansion. I, I still feel like that's pretty true. Um, but which expansion then, was that? That would have been the announcement of crap. Um, uh, one ni- is, that, is that one night in Gadgetstan? That's two years ago. Okay. See, you're you're asking somebody that first of all has a terrible memory when it comes to time, and also has no concept of time. But that's a problem I that you say, and I both have, I think. <laughs> I want to say it was old gods would have been last year for this this announcement, um, and it was. There was a lot of there was a lot of RNG to that. Um, it still ended up being a great uh, expansion, and then thankfully they rolled around with. Uh, they split every year into like a season band, I guess almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Year of the Mammoth, they've had fantastic, ridiculous. Like the last two expansions have been ridiculously great, um, and they really started to catch on to. We don't have to be a paper game, so we can do all these crazy, like randomization things that would make just terrible if you're trying to do tabletop but we don't have to make it so absurd that you feel like you're ever cheated um and then the people that do invest the time and really understand like the cadence of how you're supposed to do a turn or how you're supposed to investigate things they're actually being rewarded and i i think this year was has been a really good year for that um with that saying that i guess um the expansion thus far looks to be kind of on par with that um, a lot of the core tenets that they kind of set up over the past year, it's kind of being just taking the next logical step. Um, so it's kind of like good and bad, right? You, you, the good thing is they're taking something that's already good and just making it better. Um, the, the kind of disappointing thing is... It's, it's it, still very random, still maybe a little uh, bit too crazy. I'm not even saying that. It's just it's more... It's, you kind of always hope for like the big BlizzCon announcement to be something kind of crazy and off the wall of just like, ooh, we took this in another new direction. Um, and the recruit kind of uh, tagline that they had on cards is basically a minimized uh, discover effect. Um, so it's just a lot of the same. Um, granted, we've seen like 12 cards 
So, I mean, there's a boatload of cards to still see. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what rolls out of it. Um, but, I mean, the biggest thing about the deck, like the set already announced, is all the classes will have weapons now, which had not been the case previously. Right. In the main announcement, the first hour announcement video, they said that every class is getting a legendary weapon. Right. And, so they, and, that... they, and they demonst- in the demonstration, they showed the priest's legendary weapon. Yeah, which priest has never had a weapon before. The only way you could get oh. a weapon for the priest before was there. there's like a couple minions that if they happen to steal them, or there was a minion that gave weapons to both individuals. So unless they happen to steal a weapon through kind of some of their spells, you could never get a weapon for them. Um, and they, this, this is kind of following the trend that they've had lately of either each class having a quest or each class, or each, um, class having a death knight. And that's kind of how I view this is now they're having their, it's kind of setting the, the whole expansion around each these legendary weapons. So it would be interesting to see kind of building a new archetype around it. Um, so in that regard, I'm excited. Uh, but it'll be it'll be weird seeing a priest all of a sudden equip something that's not yours. <laughs> that's usually how it's worked. Um, but I, I so I think f- for its benefit, the expansion will be if you've already liked Hearthstone, you'll absolutely continue to like Hearthstone. Um, and the people that are already happy will be continue to be happy. I think the people that have not enjoyed it will continue not to enjoy it. But that's how these things work. Um, I think the more exciting uh, aspect of the announcement, though, was the the single-player content. Um, so they're essentially building, like, a rogue, rogue-like mini uh, kind of run-through. And so you, you come in, they give you a preset number of, it's, it's like 10, 15 cards, and you beat the first boss, um, you pick a special power. So whether that's doubling your health, um, starting with secrets, starting with these different spells, not, like, there's just kind of different sets of these. Um, so you get to pick that, and then also you pick three additional cards to be added to your deck. And you keep doing that until you run through the whole line, which I believe you have to beat ten bosses to finish. It's either nine or ten, I can't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then they, it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's, it's, it's getting more into, I equate it to like dungeon running for Diablo. Um, I, they haven't announced any rewards that you get out of it, which yeah, would but... be really really interesting would it you think it would be similar to like a tavern brawl or a weekly quest where if you if you complete it you get maybe a different reward every week or something like that so i've heard a lot of theories bounced around the first being that the only reward you get is if you beat with all nine classes you either get uh like a hero skin or you get a card back which would be kind of i mean that'd be kind of what we're used to but a little bit disappointing um, the other I've heard is that maybe the, you'll get, like, 100 gold for every run that you complete or, like, a random bonus at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you'd be capped per one per class every week or every month. Um, they they haven't announced anything. I have to imagine there's something. Um, I wouldn't mind it being capped every day because I'd be able to just roll through and get a bunch of stuff. Um, but I'm guessing because of that exact reason, it will not happen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it should be interesting. They've, they've started playing a lot with, uh, previous years they had two expansions, uh, two kind of like story expansions. Um, so one is just like a complete, here's 130 cards here. The other one was you have to beat these nine bosses. And as you beat these bosses, you unlock cards every week. Um, and they kind of mash that together now to the point that they have just three card expansions. But with that, they have kind of themes and storylines. And you have separate like boss battles, and they they run things through and have special events. Um, 
and this last set that they had, it was around the the Death Knights. They did a really good job rewarding for that. I, I was happy. They made it really difficult too, which was nice. It was it actually tested that you needed to know how to build decks and how to play very very well to be able to complete. I'm hoping this kind of dungeon run system is it plays up both repetition and also skill. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting concept to me. Who is who again hasn't played a game of Hearthstone in over a year and a half? Like it, just the idea of a deck building card game mixed with roguelike elements uh, f- with a base game that's as fun as Hearthstone is is intriguing to me. <laughs> and and also you uh, because you'd be given presets, you wouldn't need to, you'd be able to play it straight up without having without the huge money investment that it takes to be a you know meta level Hearthstone, Hearthstone player. Yeah, which I, I think is the great thing, because exactly what you're saying, you haven't played in however many years, which is probably hundreds of dollars at this point that you should have spent in the meantime. <laughs> should have. Uh, should have. <laughs> Interesting um, choice of verb, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that makes it so any of this new exciting stuff that comes out, it makes it very, very difficult for you to jump in. Um, but come day one, when the, this kind of dungeon run aspect comes in, you can start playing. And it, it might not be enough for you to fully jump in, spend as much time as I do, but it, it at least gives you an opportunity to have a chance to get back in. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't think, if I were to try out that mode, it would probably not get me to jump back into Quick Match or Ladder or whatever the, the, the main online is called for Hearthstone. But um, it, it is intriguing to me as single-player content with, you know, not with, like, non-crappy rewards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's... I, I you mentioned earlier just not spending money. And I just I kind of laughed. I so I finally went to my first uh, fireside gathering. They're like the meetups that you're supposed to have. Um, they're supposed to be like these huge events and whatnot for people to interact and have fun. And, yeah, there, and there's I, a um the gaming cafe near me where I sometimes go to play Final Fantasy fourteen or Heroes of the Storm has a Hearthstone fireside gathering every week. Okay, yeah. So I went there and I absolutely smoked everybody. Um, and, and I felt really bad because, like, one of the kids was like, yeah, I just started playing, like, two, three months ago. I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. And he's like, yeah, I never spent money yet either. And I was like, oh, oh, buddy, come on. Um, but, I mean, it is one of those things, unfortunately, just with how you have the collectible aspect. And this is one of the things, nice things about, uh, like, Overwatch specifically is you don't have to technically spend money to be able to be competitive. You still have to be good. Um, but there is absolutely a, a pay-to-win aspect of Hearthstone. Right? Anybody that argues about that is crazy. Yeah, say, um, more so than Overwatch or Heroes of the Storm, Hearthstone, you sort of need uh, you, you need more cards to be more competitive. But with uh, with Overwatch, it's just you, you, there's an end, um, all of the loot box stuff in Overwatch is cosmetic, and in Heroes of the Storm. It's. I think it's easier to have a competitive roster of heroes than it is to have a competitive. Uh, and you, it costs less money to get all of the heroes in in Heroes of the Storm than it does to get all of the cards in Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah, and the, the biggest thing is, um, <clears throat> just like I mean, you don't have to have all the cards in Hearthstone. You don't have to have all the uh, the characters and uh, hots. But the difference is for you to do anything that's like actually competing, you need to beyond just like ladder play. Mm-hmm. You need to have five solid decks, and with that, then you're all of a sudden you're seeing like 150 cards that you have to piece together. Um, in order and that's to play, where it kind of adds up. Yeah, in order to play um, the most competitive level of Heroes of the Storm, 
you need 14 heroes because a, a regular draft will have four heroes banned and then 10 picked, five on each side. So mathematically, you need four to be able to not be you know locked out of your entire roster. I mean, you right. need 14, and yeah. uh, you get I think you get five or six for free just for signing up, and then you, there's gold rewards and hero rewards as you level up. It you, in a well, couple hero in a, 2.0 in, too made a huge difference. Yeah, or in, loot 2.0. Yeah, no, no, heroes 2.0. Loot loot 2.0 is Diablo 3's uh, expansion okay. change, but yeah, it was. Uh, you could get that minimum 14 heroes in a couple days of playing Heroes of the Storm. Uh, yeah. But with with Hearthstone, it's a different curve altogether that I find terrifying. Well, it, it's so I, I kind of messed around with the math. It comes out to you approximately need to get at least 100 packs per expansion to have a chance between getting cards through there to be able to build something and also getting enough dust to be able to craft what you're going to need. Um, and that's also assuming that you have dust banked going into it um so it's kind of a it's if you don't do a good job saving coins that's about a hundred bucks every three months every four months Uh, yeah for heroes of the storm i own uh there's i think 73 heroes in the game right now and i own 68 of them nice and uh each one costs usually ten thousand gold after two weeks or ten bucks if you want to spend real money but i can i can usually get a new hero every month just by just by playing the game regularly, but now so, you have two new ones. Let's let's stop talking oh, about depressing sure. economies <laughs> of Hearthstone. But um, but one last question about Hearthstone though: Are are any of the new crazy cards out uh, particularly eye-opening for you? Because I saw one destroys the opponent's entire deck, and another one shuffles the opponent's deck into your deck. Yeah. So Rin specifically is so she's the she's the warlock card that. You after a series of steps, you can destroy the opponent stack. Um, really, really cool. Um, will never ever be used. Um, <clears throat> I think they specifically there. So Hearthstone games are limited on number of turns you can play. Um, otherwise, it ends in a tie. And there was concerns because there was a new deck that was made for Warrior a couple months ago, um, Dead Man's Hand, and you can basically keep reshuffling your deck into your or what your is in your hand back into your deck. And if you do it correctly, you can have that run unlimitedly. Um, and you can build up so much armor that it's it's basically impossible to ever get killed. They were very terrified because when you have two of those decks run against each other in competitive play, like in a tournament setting, you you call to draw and you have them play again. Um, and they're very long games to begin with. They take usually about a half an hour and then also they have to play again, which means it'll be a tie again. Um, and so I, I honestly think they made that card just to try to limit people using that. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to play a six-cost card, which generates a five-cost card. You have to play that five-cost card five times to be able to get another hero card, or another card that's ten-cost. I think I did my numbers right. It ultimately comes out to 41 total cost. Um, which is absurd. There's very few decks ever in the history of the game that would not beat you by that point. Um, and Warlock, at least currently, does not have enough resources to make it that long. Because even by that point, they'd kill the, the opponent almost in every case. It's a really cool card. I just don't, I don't see how it's ever going to get used. Um, but again, like I said, there's 12 out of like the 134 cards that announced, so... There's plenty of other stuff that can come out that maybe it makes it possible, but 
very exciting, but also kind of immediately, that's one of those, like, traps for new characters, like, new players. They're like, oh, that's so cool. That's so powerful. I have to craft that right away. And you're like, oh, you just wasted 20 bucks. Yeah, they'll have to spend 41 mana and summon, I guess, 7 or 8 cards all in a row, and that, that does not seem very feasible right. over, uh, what, uh, with how Hearthstone works. Because basically how it comes out to then, it has to be about five additional, over five turns that you do it. Um, and that's five turns of doing nothing else. So you're going to get just destroyed. So It'll be a card that I'm very sad if I open in my packs, because I, I will not be able to use it. On that dreary note, let's talk about Heroes of the Storm. Right, Heroes of the Storm, Blizzard's MOBA, or Hero Brawler, or whatever you want to call it. Um, basically, uh, they uh, they did what we were expecting, which is announce two or three new heroes, the number ended up being two, and announced a few quality of life changes and gameplay changes coming for the um, in the next few months. Um, the two new heroes were two that I think were leaked, so they weren't really surprising to people. It was uh, Alexandra. I'm sorry, Alex. Al- yeah, you're right, Alex Straza, the Come life on, binder red dragon from uh, World of Warcraft, and Hanzo, the archer assassin from Overwatch, and. Uh, it, they both look really fun. Alexad, Alex, bleh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess Alex. up, I'm gonna mess up her name. Yeah, I'm gonna mess up her name forever. Uh, Alex is a ranged healer that does percent-based healing and can turn into a dragon for a bunch of, uh, for a bunch of to make all of her attacks more powerful. And Hanzo is a ranged assassin that has a lot of different arrow tricks for dealing damage, and he can do his famous dragon arrow, uh, like. <laughs> his dragon arrow move that that people complain about in Overwatch all the time. But uh, so th- that's interesting to me. Neither of those is really my playstyle since I mostly play either like uh, either tanky warriors or bruiser warriors or uh, or sort of melee supports like uh, like you know like Rhaegar or Uther. So neither of those is really my playstyle. But I am interested in trying both of them. And uh, it, they're going to be very interesting changes to the meta, because the current, like, the pro meta in Heroes of the Storm is very heavily uh, two support and then one or, one or maybe one and a half carry assassins. So seeing, you know, two heroes that could affect the meta enter back-to-back is interesting to me as a fan of professional HOTS. And uh, so, yeah, um, those are the two heroes coming in. The They also announced a couple of changes like they're doing changes to uh shoot what's the um uh all the heroes that use stealth are going to have a different shader applied so that the stealth heroes are going to be easy to easier to see but stealth is going to have more bonuses around it which is weird because um Stealth is not very valued in pro Hearthstone because pro players have such good eye acuity. They can see the shimmer that is created when a hero is in stealth mode anyway. So, like, um, some stealth, ho- like, one or two stealth heroes are used by the pros, mostly Zeratul because he can do so much damage. But but they don't use them for stealthy reasons. But in, like, quick match and with non-professional players, some people really do have trouble seeing the stealth. And so stealth heroes, their lack of visibility was a factor. But this new shader makes them easier to see, but now stealth heroes won't be able to be targetable by certain skills, and or and stealth will give them movement bonuses or ability bonuses, which which is strange because it'll it basically changes how stealth is gonna affect gameplay for both pros and non-pros, but in different ways. Hmm. And 
I hate using stealth heroes, um, mostly because I, I like sort of like when I'm when there's a team fight in Hots, I don't like sneaking around to the side and trying to get a surprise kill. I like sort of being in the front line and engaging directly. So and uh, so like my my best friend like does like a lot of stealth heroes. So he uh, it'll be like I'll be a warrior that does that starts the engage and starts the fight and tries to single out one enemy and move them over to the side so he can kill them from a bush or something. Like, but so stealth is going to affect him, and he's already mad about the change. And I don't really care since I will level up a stealth hero to level five once I once they become free to play, and then I'll forget forget about them forever, mostly. <laughs> and a couple other things like they're going to improve matchmaking. They're going to uh, uh, improve the um, the visual UI for a lot of skills. They promised reworks for a couple more heroes in addition to the four sort of stealth main heroes. And all of that's very interesting. I'm in, I'm going to be following it very closely as it happens. Uh, usually, right after BlizzCon, all a lot of the Heroes of the Storm Blizzard staff goes on break for uh, for Christmas and Janu- and early January. So, like, they'll roll out the heroes that were announced at BlizzCon, and but then they won't do any major changes to the game until January or until late January, early February. So it's going to be a very a bit of a lull in Heroes of the Storm uh, activity on the Blizzard side for the next couple of months while people fuss about these stealth changes and play with the new heroes. But I'm still intrigued by it because I still play this game maybe not every day but at least four or five times a week and uh, I still enjoy it and it's uh, a lot of my friends still play it so I, uh, I, it's the, my multiplayer jam with them and it probably will be at least until Monster Hunter World comes out. I'm actually kind of excited for Monster Hunter. Complete am, side note. Yeah, I am too. Like, uh, also, side note: I was super into Monster Hunter for like two and a half or three years on the P- with a couple of the PSP games, but then I hated the first Wii game and didn't really try any of the uh, um, of the 3DS or Wii U ones. So I basically fell off the wagon. But but the new but the new Monster Hunter looks great, and one of my old hunting partners wants to play it, so I'm, we're both going to get it for PS4 and try it out. I'm, I'm excited nice. for it. Yeah, I've never played before, but this one I actually kind of want to play. Yeah, this one looks good, and it's going to be um, less scary for newcomers because if you go into one of the new monster, one of the recent Monster Hunter games, Cold, I mean, you'll have a hell of a time figuring out what the hell's going on. I, I mean, good luck. But the, this it's new also one, on a real system, which is nice. Yeah, like <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's good there, there's good stuff in some of the 3DS Monster Hunter games. I'm sure I, I've tried one of them, and it was better than the Wii one I tried like six years ago. It's I, I want to play it on PS4 or PC. That's yeah. that's what I want to play a Monster Hunter game on. Anyway, but yeah, back to Heroes of the Storm. Still, it's a it's a still a five on five uh, MOBA game. I still like you know suplexing dudes with Diablo, who's one of my most used heroes, <laughs> unsurprisingly. And uh, it's cool yeah. seeing these next these new two characters in the Nexus. But I I wish they had you know added the Starcraft or Diablo hero instead because I always want those more. So. A complete exterior to this. One of the exciting things for somebody who casually follows HOTS. Um, last year, I think... I mean, so you look at the last three BlizzCons now. You had Cho'Gall th- two years... Two BlizzCons ago. Um, yeah, no, Cho'Gall, Cho'Gall, yeah, Cho'Gall, Greymane, and Lunara two years ago. Right, and, and I don't Var- care about the other ones. Yeah, Varian and Ragnaros last year. Like, I think Varian and Ragnar- Rag, like had such interesting effects. And then I think this year, looking at how... Alex Straza, like how you automatically turn into a dragon if you're nearby one of your uh, teammates and they're low in health. I just, 
Um, oh, that's no, how no. I interpret it. No, she um she has healing spells, and she can turn into a dragon, and that and that boosts the effects of all of her spells. Oh. Well, that's um, exciting. Yeah, she can only but, turn into to a dragon once. Like her dragon cooldown is like is like 120 seconds or 150 seconds. Well, it's disappointing. Yeah. I'm disappointed now. But it's, it's what I'll say. Like, I don't know what the heroes are are like the rest of the year, but it, it's it's exciting that when they come to BlizzCon, there is there is something special. I mean, look at Chogali needs two people. Varian with his three different uh, styles. Um, Rag- Ragnar's turning into a giant version of himself, yeah. Yeah, and then even just, like, turning into a dragon with uh, Alex Strauss. Like, I don't know, it just, they pop a little bit more, where, like, classically, kind of what I look at the characters, it seems like they're more like Hanzo, where it's, you have a person, they might do really cool stuff, but they're, they stay there one size. It's this kind of the one play style. Um, so it's nice they at least bring something special to BlizzCon. No, you're right. They always try to, um, when they do their BlizzCon announcements for Heroes of the Storm, they always try to have at least one really flashy, cool, interesting hero. And uh, and it is true, There's a, they, like the heroes they come out with during the year are sometimes cool and flashing and, inter- and interesting, but they're maybe they try to reserve the weird ones or the special ones for BlizzCon. And we weren't and Retro Encounter didn't exist then. But three years ago they announced I believe it was Jaina, Thrall and the Lost Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um and the Lost Vikings is one of those crazy heroes because it, it's uh, it's three characters that you control separately. <laughs> and uh, so they can they can be in three lanes at once or they can team up together to do team attacks. They're the hardest character to use in the game, but they're uh, but they're fascinating mechanically. And um, I, I hate using the Lost Vikings, but they can be effective. Uh, yeah. So it's true. Every BlizzCon, they try to go all out and show a cool new a cool new hero mechanic for uh, for the show. And um, and the fantasy of turning into a giant dragon is really cool for Alex Alex Straza, but yeah, uh, Hanzo less so. Even though um, they've they've been putting out Overwatch characters pretty aggressively. I think, like, uh, they come out with about 15 heroes a year. It's, a, it's 15 or 16, which is, which is about right. It's three or four weeks is when they come out. And um, of the 15 this year, uh, if you count Hanzo, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's five Overwatch characters, so a full third of the characters they come out with this year are Overwatch. Which well, it's is the new hotness. Yeah, it's exactly why. That's exactly why they're doing it, but it's still and a little frustrating. And also, there's the... There's the least number of them to start off with. And for a while, it was just Tracer. It was only Tracer for like, for like seven months or five months. Um, no, no, not seven months. Like, see, April to like, yeah, for like for like five months, it was only Tracer. Be, uh, yeah. Before Zarya joined her, but uh, now I think there's six or seven Overwatch characters. So it's uh, it might level off a little bit, but um, some people, if you go on the forums and Reddit and whatnot, uh, are a little sick of all the Overwatch because most of them are Warcraft fans. Right. No, that makes sense. And me being me, I uh, I want more Diablo all the time. Yeah. Well, we we got that's two. We got two pretty. Happen. We got two pretty good Diablo heroes earlier this year. Um, the Diablo well, two Am- yeah the Am- the Diablo two Amazon and uh, Malthael from Reaper of Souls both joined. I'm more just saying I don't think there's going to be a lot of Diablo stuff in the next year or two. I think there's. I think it'll be coming out at the normal rate, which is basically less than Warcraft and, and Overwatch, and about the same as StarCraft, which is still disappointing to me. No, no, I'm just, I'm more. I'm just taking a step away from oh. the Hots right now. I'm saying no, there's right. not going to be much talk about Diablo. You're absolutely right. They let us know even a couple. 2020, weeks maybe. Um, I think 2019. 2019, they announce, and 2020, they actually come out. No, I think 2018, they announce, and 2019, they come out because it's been, <laughs> it's been so long since Reaper of Souls. They've got to be coming. All right, something everybody. Up. Mm-hmm. 
this is the words of a maniac who is a Diablo fanboy. I would say an optimist who is a Diablo fanboy. <laughs> um, so you've been ragging on Overwatch. Let's let's, let's talk a little bit. I don't about rag on Overwatch. Life. I just don't play it, and I because I don't like I don't play very many shooters. It's fine. It's fine that you don't have the coordination to be good. It's true. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we, a couple of years ago, I was talking about accidentally throwing grenades into my face playing playing Deus Ex. Yep, yeah. That, <laughs> so that that makes sense that you're so frustrated with it. Um, Overwatch is one of those, uh, I thought overall from all the announcements, actually, I was the most excited about. And I think I was excited for completely the wrong reason. So they, they won me over with two things specifically. Um, first of all, they did one of their shorts, which those shorts are so ridiculously good. I love those shorts. Um, and the Reinhardt short was actually kind of emotional, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of interesting. But then more so than that, they announced uh, Blizzard World. Um, that map looks is... so good. I want that map in Warcraft and Hots and Diablo and everything. No. I want Blizzard World everywhere. That, no, that I, map I want looks it in so the cool. real world. I want that to be. <laughs> I want that to be in California or in Florida. I want to be doing my routes, like going through like Universal, Disney, Harry Potter World. Oh, Blizzard World. Congratulations. You just had an awesome week. Um, that thing looked really, really, really ridiculously cool. Mm-hmm. W- um, what a fun, like, what a fun setting. And there's a, there's a lot of color and stuff in it, too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be excited to watch matches in that world because, I don't because I, again, I don't own or play Overwatch. <laughs> I love how it's, I'm excited to watch somebody else play with it. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I I don't even understand Overwatch like I, because I don't play it I don't totally understand what's going on and when I watch it but I I watch the Overwatch finals at this time and it's like okay I don't know what's going on but it's very frantic and colorful this is cool everybody's super excited yeah no and that's so I think um <clears throat> I think Overwatch is it's, it's I view it similarly um to Heroes or to Heroes of Storm um to Hearthstone they they're just trucking along um. And I, I, I still applaud um, Heroes for making a huge change with uh, Heroes 2.0. Um, but for all intents and purposes, both Hearthstone and Overwatch are absolutely working. Mm-hmm. Um, and although if you ask people inside the community, the like really hardcore, they'll say certain things are broken or need to be fixed. But for the most part, everybody's pretty happy. Um, and they're just they they have their system down really really well, and they're just trucking through it. So I mean, the map looks fantastic. It's really interesting. It's interesting that it's a it's a dual activity map. Um, it the yes, new hero. That's a bit more of a macro choice than most Overwatch maps, which have a single objective. Yeah, um, the new hero looks really interesting. Um, kind of combined DPS with healer. Is um, she is she, she just, Scottish or Irish? Probably, you can't. I'm not that. sure. I have no Mo- idea. Moira. I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting. I'm not having my opinion or guess of that recording. It didn't sound like she had an accent, but I. But she looked Scotch Irish to me, which is and 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 I, and I, li- I like how multinational the Overwatch cast is. So I'm. They do I'm a curi- very good job with that. Yeah, I'm, so I'm really curious as to what her background is, but it's uh, we. I, I mean, in our my limited research, I wasn't able to see. Yeah, and you 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 were talking stylistically how she's designed as almost being uh, maleficent, in because uh, we're we were joking about Blizzard World being like the gamers Disney world. Um, and then you, you mentioned that even the announcement of, uh, Moira, her looking kind of like a Melissa, Maleficent design, which is kind of interesting. Absolute kind of falling into that almost Disney villain esque look. 
and I've, I've talked about this on a previous podcast. I, I still, the most fascinating thing about Overwatch is you take a game that, for all intents and purposes, has zero story. Um, and for a lot of Blizzard uh, IPs in the past, you'd have to read a boatload of books to be able to know the history of the characters yeah, and all the ins and outs. The Warcraft um, 2 and he... 3 manuals were insane for all the stuff, that the background stuff that they gave you. That, that you needed to read in order to understand like what color each of the different teams was. <laughs> Right, but the they still they keep killing it. Like with with those shorts, like it is crazy how fantastic those are. Um, and I, I know we've talked before. I want those to go to other games. Like I want those to be in Diablo. Um, and I'd, I'd love them to start over for people that don't actually know the full history of like Warcraft and also WoW to go through and do like history of stuff like that. It's just those shorts are fantastic, and it, it gives. I, I feel like it gives a whole extra aspect to everything that is Overwatch. It just makes it such a bigger, more pronounced world. For your sake, Mike, they they still have point and shooting at things. Uh, so Overwatch is still trucking it how you'd like it to. Yeah, and well, I mean, we talked a lot about Overwatch esports last year when they announced it, but now they have an Overwatch League planned for going forward in 2018 with 12 teams across three countries. Uh, I think it's two teams in Los Angeles, but the other ten are scattered between Seoul and London. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's they want Overwatch to be a big multinational professional thing, and I I don't I don't know how sustainable it is. Like I mean, will people be as excited for Overwatch in say 2019 as they were in in the year of, it, of its launch, which was an amazing launch year? I, I don't know. But, Complete uh, side note, like mm-hmm. off of that, it, I thought it was fascinating that they announced for StarCraft that they're having it almost lead up to the Olympics. Like they're doing an event prior to the Olympics. Oh, oh will, will it be like a, a special um, exhibition game or something? I don't know what it was, but it, like they, cause they, they mentioned it very quickly, and I haven't really dug into it beyond that. Um, but they were talking about for, uh, for the Olympics, I'm guessing about the winter? Um, that like the day before the official Olympics happens, they're doing like an exhibition tournament or something that's going to be sort of associated with the Olympics. They're they've, talking about how much of an honor that was. Yeah, they've done that before with um, niche sports or uh, sports that were not Olympic sports, but having like an exhibition before the Olympics with like IOC people watching. They did that for uh, for rugby several times before rugby um, officially becomes part of the Olympics in 2020. Or uh, um, rugby sevens in 2020, not not reg- regular rugby union, but uh, so but this is a big deal that um, that a, a a video game or a computer game is doing that because I I get I mean the history of Olympics is so weird. Uh, chess and darts have both been Olympic sports in the past. Yeah. Oh shoot! I think baseball and soccer were both exhibition sports before eventually joining the Olympics, but it's. It, it, this this does not mean StarCraft will be an Olympic sport, but it is meaningful that they are. It's going to be part of this Olympic exhibi- exhibition. That's really inter- interesting. And that's it's one of those things we, we talked about it a lot last year. So if if you guys want to hear us talk about esports and Blizzard making esports more of a thing than it already is, or just like putting a focus on it, listen to last year's. Um, I don't want to rehash a lot of that, but it, I know a lot of these companies give like get a lot of crap. Them like we're going to make it an esport. Um, but I, I really have to respect Blizzard to they continue dedication to it, um, and also it's not one of those things. I feel like a lot of times when I'm I'm watching E3 and Activision talks about like 
the Call of Duty things that they're doing and whatnot, it seems like they feel like they're more obligated to do it. Um, and it's not an afterthought, but it just if it, it always rings hollow to me with what they're doing. Um, this Overwatch thing, I'm still not sure it's going to succeed, but they're they are trying. Like they are putting both feet forward. They're putting their all into this, and I have to at least respect that. And it's just it's just interesting how they did it. I know they had the World Cup basically of Overwatch again this year, which was a huge success last year. It sounded like it was a huge success this year as well. Yeah, I think the Korean team won, but they uh, had better a bigger challenge than everyone anticipated um, going up to their win, which is which is exciting. I I believe it. I I watched the Heroes of the Storm uh, championship, and it was a Korean team won that as well. But it was a bunch of veterans that had, <laughs> that had never won BlizzCon before, and they were crying holding up the trophy. It was beautiful, and the action was really good too. So it's a uh, but both you and I do enjoy Blizzard esports in varying degrees, and uh, it's fun to follow. And they've, Blizzard has done a really good job promoting their own esports. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> the last game, since we can't talk about Diablo, because there's no. Oh, we we can talk about Diablo. All right, well, let's talk about Diablo. One second. Okay, we're done talking about Diablo. Mm-hmm. That's, that's everything that's... that was announced right there. Correct. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, I was on pins and needles the whole conversation. Me too, man. I I was <laughs> like I was sweating. I had to pause and get a drink like twenty times because I was just so anxious. That's why you needed that virtual ticket. You could pause whenever you wanted. Right. It worked out mm-hmm. perfectly. Yeah. Um, it was absolutely worth the forty dollars <laughs> to hear all that Diablo news. Um, so let's talk about Warcraft. <laughs> so I uh, like I'm not gonna lie. We've talked. We've, we've so this is the third time we've done this. I think we've grand total talked about Warcraft for maybe five minutes across the the previous podcast i still don't care like five minutes they each. I'll, I'll call it 10 minutes across <clears throat> two podcasts come on um but i will admit i the the wow classic version um that I, I thought that was a huge announcement i'm very 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 excited about it um and this is th- um this is original wow no expansions dedicated servers just for this version correct yeah, it's supposed to be. They're saying it's supposed to be as if you played back then, um, which, as somebody we've talked, like we even talked about earlier, I played Burning Crusade, I played Lich King. By that point, it was much more polished than it was as, as vanilla. I missed all of that. I was made fun of by everybody that I played with that I wasn't a true WoW player because I didn't play when it was good or hard. Um, I, every time they've ever talked about it, it didn't sound like it was good. It just sounded like it was hard and terrible, um, but it it is like it's an institution. It's what saved the uh, like MMO genre in some cases, made it popular to like the greater audience. It, it's on that backbone of that vanilla WoW, and I I I very very confident that I will get a subscription and I will play for at least a couple months in that just to try it out. Um, um, and I don't know. I think Retro Encounter would be a decent idea, maybe. <laughs> for a month segment to cover Classic WoW, because that's definitely an old game. If um, you, the listener, is interested in hearing <laughs> Retro Encounter's thoughts on World of Warcraft, then email us at retro at rpgfan.com, because we do read everything that's directed to us, and we do take listener suggestions into account. Also, but... don't forget to keep sending all of those emails in to have Mike play Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I have Ooh, gotten the couple... Got that plug in. I have, I have had a couple emails about that, but you can count the number of emails in one hand, so... Not enough so yet. Ten. Mm-hmm. I have ten fingers on one hand. I don't know. It's weird over there. Um, right. Over where in, in in the east coast of the U.S. I, I guess. Yep. But uh, um, 
But um, yes. I, I, like you, I have, um, okay, all right, unlike you, I have not played uh, any World of Warcraft, uh, any meaningful amount of World of Warcraft, but I have heard testimonials like yours, like from the Giant Bomb guys and others, where there's a lot of nostalgia for the sort of old, the original or first one or two expansions of World of Warcraft, where it was, in a way, it was the Wild West and, complete, and uh, completely untested but also had maybe the best realizations of certain versions of their gaming systems, and now and now everything is just exploded out in so many different directions, that there is nostalgia from a lot of people for that first year or couple years of World of Warcraft. And for them to do this with a dedicated server and everything is really, really impressive. And uh, we, they may have telegraphed this move a little bit when they... Uh, they shut down a couple fan-run servers for Old WoW. Uh, it was yeah. either early this year or at the end of 2016. I'm not sure. So I'm drastically, super, massively, as many words as I can put, excited for Classic. Um, the The announcement that actually probably is better for the health of WoW was that they are working to make it so that you can progress through zones uh, in any order and the expansions in any order. So as somebody like, I mean, I played for, for argument's sake, we'll say two years. Um, and I got pretty deep, was playing quite often, considered myself good but not great at the game. Had a pretty decent understanding of where to go. Um, obviously took a couple of years off. Um, but they recently had a, like, you could get a hero skin in Hearthstone if you took a character to 20. Um, and I had all my characters well over 20, so I had to start from scratch. Or not scratch, scratch. I should have. But I was close enough to scratch that I had to do a bunch of terrible stuff. And also far enough in that I didn't have any clue where I was. Um, <laughs> and I didn't remember where I was supposed to go because it was a class that I had never done before. Um, it was a class in, like, uh, species. Um, and so it was really frustrating because there, there isn't enough there. So you start wandering around. It's like, oh, that looks interesting over there. And of course, interesting means that you're not ready for it. Um, and so it ultimately, it was just kind of like, you know, I don't have a tremendous amount of free time. I'm doing this for a stupid hero skin. This is ridiculous in the first place. If I'm going to actually do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my like level 100 or whatever it is character, like my mage that I actually enjoy playing instead of playing this terrible druid. Um, and so it, I just quit. And kind of hearing some of the conversations around um, this, it, it reminds me a lot of Guild Wars 2. And what I respect the most about Guild Wars 2 is just you were able to go wherever you want. Everything kind of balanced itself out based off of what you're doing and just added more freedom to the game. Um, and as we kind of mentioned earlier, with, with the like, dwindling fan base, for them to have new people come in, or if they have some of these people come back in for Classic and then switch over to the uh, main game, and I know people hate this word, but having a little bit more handholdy or a little bit more freedom so that it's, it's more enjoyable, um, it does, doesn't diminish from the hardcore, but it makes it for easier for everybody else to enjoy the game or at least get into it to the point that they could possibly become hardcore. Um, so I, I thought that was a huge announcement. And, well, I mean, it's not like they're giving it away for free. You still have to subscribe to um, join the Classic server. It might but, be, do they announce that, or is it free from uh, 0 to 20? I think it's still, well, okay, it is still free from 0 to 20 for all parts of World of Warcraft, but, uh, I mean, it, it, it's not like they're giving away the entire thing for free. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I got you. But, uh, but it's very cool that they're doing this. It, it, um, it, 
uh, it's both a play for nostalgia and a play for curious new fans that might have even started playing World of Warcraft before it came out. Like, World of Warcraft was came out in 2004, and you bet your ass that people started, some people started <laughs> playing that game, like, wh- when it was already three expansions in. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, like, there's, it's a very, very cool move by them. They did not have to do this. I don't, I don't. No, I'm, I don't know what the numbers will got. Like, I'm sure there's a spreadsheet showing how much this costs and how much they'll make, or at least trying to predict that. But it's, it's super interesting. I'm probably more f- interested in that than I am in the new expansion they announced. Because they, uh, they also announced a new expansion that goes to Cool Tiras, which is, mm-hmm. which is a, an interesting choice. Because, I mean, Cool Tiras is one of the playable kingdoms in Warcraft 2, if you, uh, if you picked the green army, you were technically from Kul Taras on Alliance, but, um, and it's where Jane is from, one of the major characters of the Warcraft universe, so they'll be going to that place in WoW for the first time, and the, the expansion is called Battle for Azeroth, so it sounds like the stakes are high. Yeah, the, the stuff they showed with the battles, it looks cool, but I just, it takes something special, like some of these side things that makes me interested in it, and the, the great thing is they had a fantastic announcement to have me interested. The terrible thing was that announcement made it so I didn't care about anything else related to WoW. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, I'm intrigued to see. I always get intrigued whenever a new expansion comes because you watch people drop off of games and kind of switch over. And you, you that becomes kind of a conversation piece for a decent amount of time. And I'm always intrigued to see how many of my friends switch over and then how long they switch over. Um, and so this will be another another great test. But again, I, I think I think at least with my friends, the switch over for classic will be much. There'll be many more that go over, and they'll stay there much longer than they do for the actual expansion. So it'll be Maybe. interesting to see how um, both of these kind of pan out. Y- yes, de- it'll definitely be interesting to see how they both pan out. Um. I, I think there's probably going to be okay. I don't I don't know which which of those is going to have more enthusiasm because there's still millions of WoW players out there that do get all the new expansions and want to play the new content, and that's maybe their chief motivation for playing. But I mean, how many people will go back to classic WoW? I think it'll definitely um, be a curiosity that has a lot of people interested. But I don't know how many how long its legs are, so to speak. It'll at least be a curiosity long enough for the Retro Encounter crew to play for a month. <laughs> That's an interesting theory. <laughs> interesting theory. We'll have to see how that pans out. Yeah. So, man, what else do we have left to talk about? I think we've che- we've checked off all of the uh, all of the Blizzard segments. We've talked about all the games that Blizzard cared about this year. That's true. Well, no, we talked about Diablo. We we had a whole Diablo section right before the Warcraft section. Oh, yeah, I completely blanked about that, yeah. <laughs> All those interesting panels they had about it. Um, no, so, I mean, I guess, overall, you thumbs up on the BlizzCon, thumbs down, thumbs sideways, how'd you feel? Um, it's basically a thumbs sideways, like, everything, everything basically went as expected, except for the WoW Classic announcement, because you got your Blizzard, uh, uh, no, well, sorry. You got your Hearthstone expansion, you got your new Overwatch character, you get two new HOTS characters. E- everything seemed normal, except the lack of Diablo, which is a minus, and the addition of WoW, of uh, classic WoW servers, which is a plus. So the, my net, the net effect is thumbs sideways for me. But I still, because I love Blizzard games, especially Diablo and HOTS, I, I, I had fun following BlizzCon as it happened this year. But it, oh. but it was a... 
maybe below average show, thumb sideways. Okay. Wow. More pessimistic than me. It almost never happens. Um, <laughs> I gave it one thumbs up. I, I am entitled Mike. Years. Yeah, that's true. I gave it only one thumbs up. I think the past couple years have been two. Um, there's just still, um, which as much as I ragged on the virtual ticket, the nice thing about the virtual ticket is all those side conversations. Those are still fascinating. Um, and there's just something about Blizzard games. This is the reason we do the podcast, right? Um, that's just, I enjoy so much. And to have just a dedicated space around it for them to talk. So as long as it's not a big old pile of crap, which this definitely wasn't, it, it still overall is a, I'm happy. Um, and they did enough to keep me happy. I just, it definitely was not as good as the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, it was a good show, but not as good as the last couple of years. And and ultimately, for fanboys like us, that's fine. But for uh, a more casual fan or observer, maybe they'd be less impressed. But I, uh, um, I, I still, I mean, please, 2018, give us more Diablo news. Please. It's going to be 2019. This, this will be our ramen bet right here. Yeah. It, it looks like for... I'm betting that we're getting announcement 2018... Um, game or content 2019, and you're guessing no. one year later for both of those. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm more or less leaning the the side that the game's not coming out until 2020. Right. So mm-hmm. by default, I feel like they'd want to announce it in BlizzCon. So yeah, that'd be it. Most likely be 19. Maybe they're crazy and they announce it 20 or 18, but that game is not coming out until 2020. I think a 2018 announcement would be cool, especially since uh, what um, what else are they gonna announce? Uh, the exact same stuff they announced this year. I think that it would be an extremely bad look to have two years of no Diablo in a row, and uh, three years in a row if you if you count like Necromancer as not a major announcement. That was a major announcement. It was fifteen or twenty dollar DLC. That was an announcement. Though. There was something there. I guess. I'll give them that. Well, all right. We've already more than quadrupled the Diablo section of this podcast, so I, I think we've <laughs> run out of things to talk about. Uh, thank you, listeners, for um, putting up with us um, yelling about Blizzard and BlizzCon for a third year in a row. Next next week, we are changing directions very, very strongly, where, we, uh, where Retro Encounter is doing four Final Fantasy episodes in a row to coordinate with final, the uh, 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy. Um, next week is going to be Alana and others talking about Final Fantasy IX, that beloved game that we mathematically determined to be the best Final Fantasy game earlier this year. Did you guys only count the single digits? Is that why 12 wasn't part of the conversation? Um, 12 was part of the conversation, but and, uh, um, and 10 was one of the finalists, but neither of them made number one. Hey, I oh. voted for FF6. Don't look at me, man. That's fine. I'd rather have 6 than 9. I think um, Steph and Alana might have stacked the deck against nine in that episode. But if you want to, if you want to check out that episode, it was, I believe it was March earlier of this year. So, um, listeners, you can go back into the archive and look that up. But we're gonna have four episodes a row in a row about Final Fantasy topics. Final Fantasy Nine is the first one, and after those four Final Fantasy episodes are done, we're gonna have two episodes about Breath of Fire Four, which won our episode 100 poll a, mo- a few months ago, and uh, and those are, so those episodes will be in December. And, you know, the usual stuff, uh, if you want to email us or get in contact with us, you should email retro at rpgfan.com, rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts, comment on the rpgfan.com boards, Go, um, look, look us up on Twitter on rpgfan.com or on Facebook at rpgfan, you, 
if you just use that search term, you should be able to find us, and we read everything that is directed to us. So, uh, Josh, if listeners want to bug you about not being on the show anymore, how would they do so? So you joked about how few emails you got about uh, Kingdom Hearts. I've heard even less about people not about people missing me. So at yeah. least I, I at least one about someone missing you. There we go. Y- yeah. Not one poor either. lost soul out there. Um, yeah, you can uh, always reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at JD Curry. That's J D C U R R Y. Um, yeah, other than that, just hanging out. Occasionally, we'll pop back on to annoy Mike. This will not be the last time you hear from me. Hopefully. Right on. So, uh, and if you want to reach me, I am Monsoon on the RPGFan.com boards. I'm also, I'm either Monsoon or Monsoon Mike on the RPG Fan Discord, which opened recently. Uh, Greg, Ooh. who the uh, RPGFan.com forum moderator, has been running the Discord very successfully the past few weeks or maybe a month by now. And uh, on Twitter, I am at the real Monsoon most of the time, and when I nerd out about Japanese superheroes, I, I use at Evoker for dogs. I still, I still laugh at that uh, name too. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed I was able to get it. So uh, I, I always laugh at it, and then I always enjoy the weird directions you go with that Twitter. <laughs> that, that is my weird Twitter, and it, it, you don't need to follow it. I won't be offended. Don't worry, listeners. But listeners, thank you for listening, and following, and subscribing. Good night. <laughs>